sharing with you the Word of God this morning. It's such a privilege to share it with you. Uh, I'm going to start this morning with Psalm 78, verse 72, and then we're going to pray. Psalm 78, 72 says this, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands he led them. Talking about David in the Old Testament who became the king of Israel. It says, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, and with skillful hands he led them. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you this morning for the opportunity to hear your word, and we thank you for the authority that your word has in our lives. And today we trust your ability to speak to every single one of us as you speak to all of us. Lord, we open up our hearts to hear what you have for us today. We thank you for your word. I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit to share what's in your heart. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I also want to take just a quick moment and thank Jeremy Parker, who shared last night, such a, last week, such a good message on comparison. And uh, would you all give Jeremy a, a hand last week? And um, you know, we have several of the, the team on our senior leadership team who have been sharing over these last several months. And it's really intentional. These aren't substitutes, but these are people on our senior leadership team that we uh, want you to hear from. God's put a word in their heart, and we're excited to hear from them. And for some people, like Jeremy last week, it was his first time preaching on a Sunday morning, and we're so proud of him. His dad was able to be here, second service, and his whole family. There were a lot of tears, and Jeremy, Jeremiah was the weeping prophet, second service. And uh, it was pretty awesome. Um, the last series that we did, we talked about, it was called Before I Go, and we talked about Jesus' conversations with his disciples just before he went to the cross. We're going to begin a new series today, and it's going to be about David, who we just read that scripture about. And uh, the title of it is David, comma, in the meantime, dot, 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 David, in the meantime. Uh, when we read the Bible, um, it can be like scrolling through social media. Uh, reading the Bible is like looking at a highlight reel. You know, it's like the major events. You know, they don't have a whole lot of breakfast stories. There's like a one breakfast story about Jesus and his disciples, but it was actually pretty significant. But they don't record everything. It's already a big book, right? But it's not always obvious when you're reading through the Bible the amount of time that occurs between significant events. Um, that time is, is what we're going to call in this series that in the meantime space, the day-to-day. Not about you, but for me, I live in the day-to-day. And there are the highlights, the highs, and the lows, but there's a lot of in the meantime time that's not worthy of Instagram, not worthy of a Facebook post, um, but it can even be thought of at times as mundane. And there's a lot of real life that happens because you're actually formed in those day-to-day moments. Those day-to-day, what can seem repetitive, what can seem mundane, are actually very formative in significant opportunities and events, um, even decisions when they come along in our lives. It's who we are in the day-to-day that actually sets us up to either rise to the occasion or fall flat when those moments come in our lives. It's in the day-to-day that sets you up for those big moments. Um, David is this Old Testament person who had just who is going to become the second king of Israel. Um, His first job, if you will, on record was that of a shepherd for his father, Jesse. And he was the youngest 
of eight sons. Um, I wonder if, like, in their family, being the youngest of eight sons, if they had, like, the baton passing thing. I know this happened in my childhood. For me, it was the grass-cutting job got handed off to my brother. And, you know, with eight brothers, I wonder if, if uh, the, the job for David was, you know, the shepherding thing, right? He's the eighth son. I know at our household, it's emptying the dishwasher. Abigail had the baton for years. She was very happy to hand it off to Andrew, who's been very happy to hand it off to Ethan. And Ethan is already anticipating handing it off to Caleb. And, uh, you know, the thing we found that's broken with the baton model is just when they figure out where all the dishes go, it's time to hand off the baton. But that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's a good thing. And, you know, David has this job of being a shepherd. And when David's brothers uh, were serving in the military, David was directed one day to go out and take them food. This is in 1 Samuel 17. And uh, David, when he arrives, he hears about this giant, Goliath, that is threatening. Goliath is a Philistine and with the Philistine army, and they're threatening the Israelites, and Goliath has given them a throwdown opportunity and said, listen, just send me one person, and whoever wins, wins the whole battle, and, you know, and we take over kind of thing. And no one would fight Goliath, and David's there, and David says he's inquiring about what's going on with Goliath. Now, remember, David is not in the army. He's actually just being sent to the front lines to take his brothers and their uh, commander some substance, some food that his dad has sent him. So he's basically running an errand, right? And his older brother, Eliab, hears what's going on and hears that David is making inquiries about David. And this is how his family, his brother, his older brother speaks to him. 1 Samuel 17:28. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I think there was like some head bobbing, some fingers. You know, I think there was some attitude going on here. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Well, thank you very much. Sometimes family just has a way with words. This is the reception that David receives from his brother. He's ridiculed for his job in his own family. Probably a job that Eliab has done in the past. And he's like, the few sheep in the wilderness. I mean, how patronizing can he be with him, right? And he accused him of having a wicked heart, which I find is very interesting because when the kingdom was taken from the first king, King Saul, the very thing that Samuel said is uh, when he was evaluating the brothers that he was going to figure out who was king, God spoke to him and he said, listen, God, man looks on the outside, God looks at the heart. The reality is Eliab was getting it very, very wrong. And he, everything that he said about David was completely off. Nonetheless, in the midst of all of this and this ridicule coming from his own family, David would get an audience with the current king, King Saul. 
and he offers to face off with Goliath. And he's, you know, a teenager at that point. And this is how the scripture speaks about that. In 1 Samuel 17, 32, it says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. I just want to hit a pause button. Sometimes scripture, you just kind of flow through and you're just kind of reading along. But after the ridicule to, from your own family, he stands before the king and says, I'll take him on. Doesn't that tell you about what's inside the man? Isn't that amazing? So he, he's willing. And verse 33 says, Saul replied, you're not able to go up and stand against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Isn't that an interesting reply? That's not what I would lead with. There's pause there, right? I wouldn't lead with, well, you know, I used to cut my dad's grass when I was little. I emptied the dishwasher like a boss. I took care of... The sheep. And this, but he goes on. He says, when a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the army, defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, the Lord will be with you. Can you imagine what Saul saw in that moment? He's got a whole army who for days, every time Goliath comes out, they're like, no one will step up. No one will take it on. No one's going to move forward. Here's this teenager who just shows up with some vittles for the day for his brothers and for their commander. He shows up and he says, I'll do it. And when he presses him, he's like, you can't do it. He's like, I'll do it. And here's why I'll do it. Isn't that an impressive thing that's going on inside of him? David was ready. You see, the thing is, is David wasn't ready because he had been to West Point or the Naval Academy, but because he was faithful in the place that God had placed him. The mundane job that his brother ridiculed him for is exactly what God used to prepare him for this moment. That in the meantime, that in between place that I feel like I'm just kind of going through the motions. I'm just a day after another day. And I want to tell you this morning that whatever you are doing now, God will use it to form you. Whatever season of life you are in right now, God will use it to form you. Are you raising a bunch of children? God's going to use it to form you. Are you driving a truck every day? God's going to use that to to form you. Are you in a leadership position at work? God's going to use that to form you. Are you uh, retired and you have a lot more discretionary time? God is going to use that to form you. Because you see, the Lord can teach you. He can develop you. He can perfect you in any context. 
Sometimes we think we need the context to change so that we can change. It's wrong. God will use your context to form you. He he is the king at object lessons. He is the master of metaphors in your own context. He can teach you here and there and everywhere. Any place, God can teach you. It was in the the day-to-day, it was in the meantime place that God developed David into who he was. And I think a lot of life is paying attention to God in the day-to-day, not just looking for the mountain or how am I going to get through the valley, but realizing that I have this day with me and the Lord. And God has something that he can show me, that he can teach me, that he can uh, perfect in me. If he can use being a shepherd, he can use anything and everything. You know, Saul, in that moment, he offered David his own armor to equip him for the fight. Saul thought, let me help you out, you know. I'll give you my sword and I'll give you my armor. And it didn't fit. And the reason it didn't fit is because Saul's armor fits Saul's training. David didn't go through Saul's training. And so his armor didn't fit. So, but the thing is, is David was already equipped for the fight. He already had what he needed. And you know, in your life, you don't need someone else's provision to accomplish what God has for you. So many times we think, if I had such and such of so-and-sos, I could do this or that. And the reality is, God will provide you what you need for the journey that you're on. So don't look to someone else's provision or to what someone else has, because there will always be more, and there will always be someone with something else that you can look at. The one we've got to look at is we've got to look to our provider and say, I trust you to give me what I need for the journey you have me on. And so David, he goes to face that giant, and it says in verse 40, then he took his staff, which is the tool of a shepherd that is used for sheep, not giants. He chose five smooth stones from the stream, smooth stones, not even sharp stones. I'm sure that there has something to do with how those things work that you don't want a sharp stone. I don't know, but I, I want to cut them at least. I don't know. Something that cuts. <laughs> I'll cut you. I don't know. Switchblade. I don't know. Something. But he put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Isn't that a beautiful picture? No matter what giant you face, no matter what comes at you in life, you look at what's in your hand and how he's prepared you for that moment, and you rely on your God. I believe the reason that Saul was willing to send him out was because he realized that God was with, Saul, with David. He even said as much. He says, go, the Lord is with you. He could see that God was with him. Nothing else made sense in the situation, but nothing else needed to make sense in the situation because all David needed was the Lord. And his trust and faith in him. And he used the tools of a shepherd to slay a giant. I want you to take a moment. I want you to consider. How has the Lord equipped you? What has he already put in your hands? What has he already shown you? 
What has he already trained you with? What is already in your hand? Even Moses, when, he, when, when the Lord was calling Moses, and Moses is trying to figure out, you know, can I do this, and how am I going to do this, and what am I going to do? And, and he's calling on the Lord, and the Lord says, what's in your hand? And Moses is like, well, the staff. He says, I'll bless that thing that's in your hand. It's amazing how God can use what's right there because he's so capable and so great. And I want you to know that he is preparing you today for whatever is next. So that every time you face something in your life, every time you come up to a moment in life, you, you can look back and go, he's, I know that he has prepared me for this situation because he's been with me all along. God, what is your provision for this moment and for this day? There's this beautiful scripture in Psalm 78 that summarizes this in David's life. It says in Psalm 78, 70, he, speaking of the Lord, he chose David, his servant, and he took him from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep, and brought him to be the shepherd of his people Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and skillfulness of hand. He led them. Do you see that even though his title changed, in David's mind, his job description never changed. He went from shepherding sheep, and it says here, to shepherding God's people. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Wherever you are and whatever experience you're having and whatever is your day-to-day, God can use that to form exactly what you need. In your life. And if he needs to lead you to other places, he's really good at doing that too. But you've got to trust the fact that he doesn't need something special to form you. He can form you because you already are special and created in his image. Wherever you are, he can form you and he can develop you. Sometimes we think, change my, change my circumstance, I'll change my life. And the reality is, he'll change your life in your circumstance. And many times, he will change your circumstance. We get it out of order. But in the moment, we have to pay attention. David learned something in shepherding, and it was because of his relationship with God that he was able to pay attention and learn along the way. What's beautiful is God also revealed himself to David. We've been talking about how God formed David as a shepherd. But then the table turned. And what God did is he said, now I'm going to show you how I'm a shepherd. And we have Psalm 23. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on now. Isn't God good? The Lord is my hairdresser. The Lord is my truck driver. The Lord is my parent in the house with a bunch of kids running around. I mean, the Lord is my, whatever the context of your life, he can be that in your, he can use that same training and that same thought pattern to minister to your life and to reveal himself. I mean, this scripture that we talk about, the Lord is my shepherd, it could have been the Lord is my goat herder. I mean, who knows? We get, we're so used to the shepherd model because it's in scripture, but that's because that's what David did. What if he was a stonemason? The Lord is my stonemason. I mean, 
But isn't this beautiful? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Now, David wrote this thinking he had a rod and he had a staff. And now he realizes the Lord has a rod and the Lord has a staff and it comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David had a revelation of who God was in his day-to-day. In the mundane, he was able to experience who God was and have a revelation of God. And what's beautiful is you and I, we can read Psalm 23 and we can stand on all those truths of who God is and we know that these are his characteristics. We know that this is who he is in our lives. But I want to tell you this morning, he wants to make that real in your own context. He wants to make that real in your own day-to-day life so that a confidence builds up in you. The reality was, you know, David didn't need to be on the front lines with the whole army in that moment. He needed to be developed out in the shepherd field. I wonder if when his brothers went off to war, if he said, I wish I could be there, but I am here. And the Lord doesn't, is, is in that moment, is developing David, not, and he's not even realizing, David, you're going to be a mighty warrior for me. They're going to sing a song about you. They're going to sing about the ten thousands that you will have conquered in your life. There's going to, but I'm forming you in the place of this field. And you're experiencing me in the place of this field. It's such a beautiful picture of how God can form us. And I just want to encourage you today. You know, it's like, began today, I was talking about how, you know, Scripture is kind of like, like social media. It's the highs and the lows. And, you know, you don't share, you know, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich you ate for lunch. Some people do. It's weird. It's like a laundry list of everything they did. And I went, there's 30 seconds of my life. I can't get back, you know. But the reality is, Scripture reads that way. But where people are formed are not just in the moment that presents themselves. It's on the way to that moment and the context they're in. I want to encourage you right where you're at, whatever your context is, are you crying out to the Lord and seeking the Lord and just saying, God, Who are you in this place? Show yourself. Because you see, there were a lot of shepherds in the fields. There were a lot of people who were being shepherds. But David had a relationship with God where he was able to experience God and be developed in the midst of what was going on. And I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, will you let him develop you? And will you let what might even seem like the mundane, will you let it work inside of you? Just by listening, just by paying attention, just by checking in, just by that conversation with the Lord at the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, the end of the day, just checking in and say, hey, God, what's on your heart today? Hey, God, what's, what are you speaking today? Hey, is there anything that you want me to see? It's just that relationship that makes that all come to life and be real in your relationship with God. 
I want to encourage you this morning. If you're in a place where maybe, maybe you have believed in God, but you've not taken the step of putting your life into his hands, I want to encourage you, the greatest decision that you can ever make in your life is to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. And the way that that works is you say, Jesus, I believe who you are, that you really came to earth to really pay for my sins, that you really died on the cross and you really rose from the dead. And that was to take away all the things that I would do that are wrong and to offer me a forgiveness and a new life. And I just want to encourage you, if you've never taken that step, it's the step where you cross over from, okay, I believe in God, to now I trust in him and I'm going to put my life into his hands. And I just want to encourage you. It's the greatest decision you can make. Maybe you've made that decision and you just need to reorient yourself and put yourself back in that place. I encourage you that today's a good day, July 21st, 2019, to put your heart and your life into Jesus' hands. Amen? Would you stand with me today?